Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Revealing the Mind. We're extremely glad to have you be a part of our conversation and the journey as we explore what being a man is. What is a man? Who is a man? And when do I become a man? From a boy to a man, the boy becomes a man with a shaky foundation and a whole lot to unlearn. My name is Olumide, my co-host is Bimbo. We are here with more questions and answers. We will talk about a range of topics from normal to controversial, you heard that right, and all this affects us and all the men around us. Welcome to the show, glad to have you with us. Hi guys, so thank you very much for listening, just to give you guys a heads up, the audio quality in this podcast isn't fantastic, we had challenges and even towards the end we lost a lot of audio as well too. Um, this is our first time doing a three-way conversation on, on, on WhatsApp, usually I, I call hotlines or cell phones uh, but nonetheless information is very very um deep in my opinion and i feel like there are a lot of things you can pick up from this podcast you can get to know more about chalk on her instagram page it's um chocolaco c-h-o-c-o-l-a-k-o um, she's very knowledgeable she's very balanced and i'm very very excited to have her on the show today all right guys so go ahead and listen thank you bye Hello and welcome. My name is Chocolaco and I will guide you in the next 60 seconds to connect with your breath even deeper. Wherever you are, find a comfortable seated position and feel free to cross your legs if that feels comfortable in your lower body. If not, you can keep your feet planted firmly on the ground and keep your knees stacked directly over your ankles. Allow the back of your hands to relax on your knees so that your palms face upward as if you are sending a gesture, some kind of symbol that you're ready to receive. Once you've found this comfortable seated position, exhale the breath you are on. And you'll notice with your exhalation how your parasympathetic nervous system naturally dissolves. It's the fight, flight, or relaxed phase of your body's intelligent feedback system. Just notice how each exhalation brings you deeper into relaxation. You'll notice a rhythmic cycle between your inhalation and exhalation. Let that be your guide for the duration of this podcast. Allow your shoulders to just naturally relax and soften. You can continue to scan your body for any areas that may feel tense. Just invite yourself to continue relaxing even more. And feel free to allow this exercise to be your go-to whenever you feel as though you are going off path, whenever you feel anxious, whenever you need to return to self, just find a comfortable seated position and reconnect with your breath. And you can do this over and over again.
thank you and welcome. My name is Chakalako and I will be one of your guides during the next 30 minutes of our podcast. And my co-host will now introduce themselves. Hi guys. <laughs> Let me tell you how I feel right now and then before you can speak. Like um I understand I feel great when I meditate, but I, I find it hard to get into that space. Um and there are times when I listen to you know different um guides and I can get there a bit faster with different people, but like um it feels great to be settled, you know, and, and it's a wonderful feeling. And thank you very much for giving us this um opportunity to hear you walk us through uh even though it's like a minute long, but it's it's done me a lot of good right now. Oh, thank you. I think I, I thought it was very professionally done. And um, you know, it it was calming, it was soothing. Um and I just thank you. I agree. Sort of. So today we're gonna to be focused on um finding balance. You know, um I have a bunch of questions. This is gonna be like a conversation, but I have questions. Um Bim I'm sure has questions as well too. Um I guess you can let us give us a background, a little bit of background about yourself, because that way people will know that you're not really, like this is what you've studied, this is what you've practiced, this is who you are. Um, that way, um, it adds a level of um, credibility to everything you say today on the podcast. So just give us a big back, background about yourself and, and your journey so far. Okay, great. All right. So, Chakalako is my name. Uh, I, most of my friends call me Chak. I help entrepreneurs and executives create measurable impact without burnout. And so initially, when I worked in a hospital setting, I um, worked in a critical care division. And working in that department in the hospital brought me face to face with uh, with life and death, the... the um, the softness between the two. And I was doing uh, work at a scale that did not align with my body's energy at all. And I just knew that there was another way to live without um, physically damaging my, my body. And so I would practice yoga constantly. Um, I was first introduced to yoga in 2005 while I was a graduate student at UC Berkeley. One of my Indian friends, a medical doctor, invited me for a study break. And so we went to yoga class on Grand Avenue in Oakland. I'm in the Bay Area. And um, that was my first time crying, sweating, and not being able to tell the difference between both forms of release. I felt incredible. And um, as a first-generation American, my entire lineage is Nigerian. As the first is as I was the third parent. And so the idea of crying or showing emotions wasn't um, always uh, <laughs> encouraged, I'll just say it that way. And so that that permission that I gave myself really granted access to a whole nother realm that I realized has always been there, but I, I never really allowed myself to experience. And so I just continued practicing in different cities with different teachers. I started off with Bikram and then Ashtanga, Iyengar, Hatha, um, all other types of hatha practices, um, power yoga, then um, yin yoga has been the latest um, style of, of yoga that I, I really, really 
um, gotten into. I've practiced in, in all over America and parts of Europe and Southeast Asia. I've lived in Bali for the past three years. And I've trained with really incredible teachers, mentors, and guides from all walks of life. And what I realized more importantly is that, yes, um, yoga is a continuous practice and it can be done off and on the yoga mat. Um, some of my best teachings have come from lessons off the yoga mat. And that's really taking the traditions and the theory and literature from teachers and teachers past throughout time and really bringing that, um, incorporating it into modern day experiences. So I'll, I'll stop there. Okay, and, I mean, that's great. So, I mean, before okay. people ask some questions, like given what's going on right now in the world with the whole COVID-19, like just, you know, we've spoken before this and, you know, I've, I've, find, I've looked for ways to try to process this, but like, what, how would you tell people who are struggling to like deal with this? Um, you know, loss of business, loss of loved ones, you know, the whole, the trauma itself, like what would be your, if you could speak to them, like, what would you tell them right now? You know, right. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a profound question given the times I actually have um, friends and people in my network personally who have been impacted. I mean, my, my family has equally been impacted by um, the pandemic. I, to, to those specific, so I think there are, are minimum three categories um, for people who have experienced loss, um, death, destruction. There are people who are experiencing life slash rebirth. Um, and then there are also people in the third category who I would describe as being um, in limbo, just really unaware of, of, of what's happening and what to do next. And so I would have three separate um, conversations with you with these categories with those who are experiencing destruction I would um, I would listen <laughs> I would listen to how the shifts that are being experienced how it's feeling for them in their body and I would stay fixated on on what's happening on, on the physical level because at, at a level of grief, people will start to feel in their lungs or in different parts of their body, some sort of uh, breakdown work. I'll just use that as an example. And so really just reminding people to stay connected with, the, with what they know to be real. And so also remember how cycles and rhythms work. And I would encourage those who've experienced death to stay as close to nature as possible and to learn how cyclical um, rhythms operate. Um, I, I would also encourage them to write love letters to those who they've lost at this time. Um, and then to those who are experiencing birth. So for example, um, women who are, are giving birth right now, I, I would ask them to stay as close to um, loved ones as possible and to, to send compassionate, loving messages to those that are still around and to say whatever it is your heart has always wanted to say to those who are around because the one thing that is for certain um, that we've all learned is that nothing is guaranteed and all the materials and all of the tangible things that we've held on to as part of our identity or as part of of how we describe our essence or who we are has dissolved before our eyes in less than three weeks. I mean, the entire world has, has come to a halt 
um, whether it's been through the birthing cycle, the destruction cycle, or or um, the unknown, we we're all recognizing in this now moment that things can shift, um, and they they have been shifting. It's just that now this is the time for this entity to play its course, and we're all observing. And to those who are um, operating in a level of uncertainty, I would going back to the basics, your origination, whatever they have come to know as their creator, their origination, their their sanity that they hold on to when all else has shaken and fallen, I would return to that. So I, I describe it as returning to source, returning to origination and get back to the basics. Um, and that would be around gratitude personally, like to give thanks for all that is still in existence and for how things are naturally flowing through their cycle. And for all three categories, for everyone to, to observe what is moving, what is shifting, and to be as close in alignment to that flow as possible. Because there are continuous, endless shifts and, and, and birthing cycles around us. It's just that our attention or our awareness may not be fully attentive to that particular thing but now that we are all observing this one thing can we be in alignment with that can we can we recognize flow and how it feels and and settle and slow down long enough to to join to join that um, that that phase of the cycle that's amazing that's amazing um bimbo i you know some of the questions that i wanted to ask you kind of already kind of touched on but what I want to know is like how well for yoga I'm not sure I got the part of how you got into it. Did you go to school for this or did you um how I, I, I heard you say something about you work in the hospital type thing. But were you what did you go to school for? How did you get into yoga? Okay, so my formal education, my westernized education, um I I went to Vanderbilt. I did my, my Bachelor of Science at Vanderbilt. And then I did my first master's degree in public health at UC Berkeley. And at UC Berkeley, I studied health policy and management. And so I took classes like epidemiology and statistics and policy and international finances and things of that nature. But I focused my, my studies on health policy and management. And then my second master's I did uh, in London at Cass Business School. And there I focused on new product development. While I was doing my formal education, I was also taking classes and studying with various teachers. So I have the the 500 hour um, yoga teacher training, which is the highest designation with the Yoga Alliance. Um, so I've done two 300-level courses, and I've done a handful of 200-hour um, courses, and um, I've, I've, I have at least like 10 teachers um, that I have face-to-face -face interactions with, or I've done trainings with for anywhere from two weeks to six weeks, and it's been continuous. I do online trainings as well, and I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I am a lead teacher training. I train other to become yoga teachers and meditation teachers. Um, I started this 15 years ago and I don't see this ending anytime soon. So I, I believe in integrating 
um, Western education with Eastern philosophies and African philosophies and just being a continuous teacher, a continuous student while teaching others what I learned. Okay. Excellent. So, um, okay. I guess my question is tied to spirituality and, and religion as well. I, I know that you know, you're not just a yoga teacher, right? Um, I think you, you, there's a, you, you have a spiritual part tied to this, you know, um, and some of this is not fully understood by most people, you know. So, for example, I think there was a, a time when you mentioned you had a guru, you know, um, and... No, I've never, I've never had a guru and I've never called anyone a guru. Okay, I'm mistaken there. I thought that was because maybe I had seen a... a okay, let, let me backtrack then. So the level of spirituality you're on right now, do you think like the the common religion, the Christians and Islam, do you think like they they leave room for for this level of spirituality or they see it as, you know, because I think, you know, you're like in nature, you're, you know, you feel like you can, you can sense other beings all around you. Um, but Christianity doesn't really have that, in my opinion. I don't think Islam does. So like, is there, is there a disconnect between the path of, you know, connecting with nature and being spiritual and religion? I mean, I'm not sure I'm asking the right kind of question, but... I, so I, the reason why I'm... So the, I, I think I understand. Let me take a go at it and then you can guide me and let me know if I'm off. Okay. Or if I've, if I've addressed the question or not. Um, the reason why I said I, I don't have a guru is because there's this misconception around... Um, and my experience around um, um, what it means to give our personal power to someone else. And that phrase of having a guru almost takes away um, my, my personal contribution and co-creation, co-creative um, contribution to my learning process. I've had mentors, I've had guides, along the way saying um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear is very real. It is exceptionally real. And it's played out in my life over and over again, whereby people who presented themselves with a, a, a source of knowledge that I don't have, have been willing to share. And all these teachers are doing is pointing me in a direction that will either tantalize my interest or not. And so if I am ready to experience a new way of learning, a new modality or new insight, then I will, um, my eyes will open to that and my heart will open to that. But all the information is already readily available. I call it the denominator. It's, all, it's always been here. It's existence and it will continue to be here. And whether I took, put my attention and intention on learning that modality is up to me and my readiness level. And so to answer your question around spirituality and religion, that's a topic that I I personally say is quite subjective and it's based on the individual. But I'll start by saying when I first got to New Zealand, I was studying at Victoria University for a semester. I spent about six months living in, in Wellington, New Zealand. One of the classes that I took is called Religious Studies of the World and it became one of my favorite. And it's because in our curriculum, we aligned all of the popular religions around the world side by side. So that, for example, Christianity, Judaism, 
Buddhism, Hinduism, for example, I'll just stop there, but we line them side by side. And if you look at the, again, origination (laughs) of these religions, they're all based on loving one another and recognizing that we're co-creating with an entity, the source greater than all of us. That's what all of these religions ultimately are saying, love one another, treat one another as though you would treat your own personal self. And to recognize that there is an entity um, much, much greater than us all. All the other variables added to these schools of thought have been based on culture, geographical location, and whoever um, appoints themselves a leader ordained by God based on a dream they had or a group of people saying that they know more than the other. And then those variables have contributed to those two primary schools of thought and have become a religion. So some of these religions have, have gone as far as saying, you know, women can only wear skirts or dresses or um, they can't pray alongside men or um, are multiple gods that we must pay um, reverence to, things of that nature. All, you know, all of these religions have their own way of expressing how they connect with their creator. And um, I, I, I have studied um, to the extent that I recognize the power religion has over a group of people who who don't personally want to do their own research. Um, whenever, whenever I do have this conversation, I'm always aware of the sensitivity level around someone's knowingness or their own research rather than what they've heard through the grapevine. I think that's a connection spirituality has. I think spirituality is a personal, inherent experience. It's it's a give and receive. It's a reciprocal experience, whereas religion tends to be a do as you're told um, um, experience. And so the level of intimacy will will have um, will will be a roadmap. It will point us in a direction that we will say, okay, yes, this is vibe, this resonates with me. Yes, I understand what this means. Yes, I'm able to manifest X, Y, or Z. And then you'll have this closeness to the experience that you can speak from from an inner knowing. And I don't I don't know if that level of inner knowing is similar to that of religion. I'm not sure. I can't speak to all of the religions in the world. But I can say personally, I can vibe with all of them because I understand the essence or what they're trying to convey through the words. So I have a respect for them all. And I also have my own personal experience that I equally respect. And I'm, I, I hope that made sense. It makes a lot of sense. It, it makes a lot, I mean, I'm, I want to listen as much as I can and not really interrupt. But I, I, I think that you know, religion puts you in a box based on, like I said, the stories they've been told. And when you're spiritual then you, you go beyond that you transcend that and i think that's and I'm, I'm hearing that and i i i subscribe to that personally um bimbo i mean to add to what you guys are saying i think you, you have explained it well but a lot of times i say religion is managed and anything man is both um i i think that just like you rightly said as well religion also there's nothing wrong with it i feel like 
you've already said how do you teach about loving your neighbors yourself, which is kind of like the most important thing. But outside of that, like I think spirituality is a one-on-one relationship that you have with the universe or with God or with energy that um it's it's not handwritten. It's not it's and what applies to me doesn't necessarily apply to the next person. Whereas religion is not the same. So I, I kind of understand your point. Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you a question. So uh, I have a question missing. So how much of life balance are we actually responsible for considering the fact that my is an island and we uh, we live with, I mean, we have these social interactions with people. So when I say that, um, you know, on the journey, uh, and just like with anything else, it's not like in Nigeria, you're not, you're, I mean, you're, you are Nigerian, right? And uh, you would have, I'm sure you have your parents, your brothers, are there times that like when you, when you got on this journey, people that were close to you just didn't understand what you were doing, just felt like, oh, I mean, this is not used. How did that make you feel? <laughs> I think that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I, I'm, <laughs> it's a really good question. I Thank grew you. up in a non-denominational Christian home. Like my, I, I tease with my mom. I tell people that she and God are best friends. And if you ever need anything, just talk to her, talk to God on your behalf. But what I've learned over the years is the Christian religion has been, uh, has formed a basis for her spirituality. Um, I, I did want to add that to that part. That some of um, you know, it's it's it is possible to to um, have religion as a foundation and then to establish your own tentacles um, that will drive your spiritual connection. And so I'm fortunate in that my my lineage, um, my family is from Benue State, Nigeria. Um, the Christian missionaries did not get there, um, were not so heavily involved that they completely wiped out how we how we pray or how we connect with, with other life beings. My brothers, my sisters, they are all on this, their own personal spiritual journey, which makes it amazing because we can have conversations about what we're going through and we can give each other advice in terms of resources to look into, or um, here's a video that I just checked out, or here's uh, an experience I had doing X, Y, and Z. So I actually am part of a family that that is open and 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 has been on their own journey. So we talk about energy, we talk about chakras, we talk about fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension. We talk about there being other live entities and other universes, and we talk about our dreams. So that's the fortunate part. I come from a family that is quite supportive. However, I have also experienced friends who are just unable to to really vibe or resonate with with where I am in my phase of my journey. And as a result, they've asked a lot of questions and there have been very healthy discussions about um, what it means to shed and what it means to to transform and to transcend mindset and to let go of old conditioned beliefs. I I personally believe 
and and this is also based on feedback I received that my my life in and of itself has been a demonstration for what it means to believe wholeheartedly this new this this experience. I don't like I said it's not new, but it's an experience that now has my attention. And because it has my attention, I'm I'm putting my behavior, my thoughts, my responses into this domain, and it is manifesting in ways that I know I can't describe with my human ability. And other people are seeing, are bearing witness to the transformation for themselves, and and are speaking to what they're feeling or they're seeing or how my life has become a uh, an example, an example. Of, of what's possible um, when we when we let go of old ways of being, thinking, and behaving, and embrace a, a new form. So, in, in that regard, I think I'm really blessed to have support from family and friends, and and for people to have their own their own experiences, their own um, epiphanies, and we get to talk about them or their own milestone shifts, and we can talk about what it feels like to shift. And that also contributes to um, a collective surrounding me, which I am very intentional on, is who do I allow into my space and why? Um, so it's been, it's been helpful to have that level of support. It's been really good. Let, let me add to that, Bimbo. So I, I, the idea of going on a journey, right? You know, you have people who are doubting if that's the right journey for you. But I think that every step we take towards like living out, just existing, at some point you're going to come into a crossroad where you know deep inside this is what you're supposed to do. And then some folks will fall off, you know, but um, when you come, it's like a hero's journey, right? Like you're going to take that journey by yourself and you have to be by yourself. <laughs> now, when you come back in, then if, let's assume there was true love amongst your, your, your clan, then they will see the difference, they'll see the growth and they will respect you and love you more for that. You know, I think that most people's fear is that you will go off the deep end and then you, you will come back, you will lose yourself. But when they, yeah. when you come back into the, the world that they're in and you have, you, you have a glow, you have a balance, it's it's a hero's journey. Let's just call it that. I mean, we can that's talk. It. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. But Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. Exactly. So for all of your listeners, check out um, Joseph, Joseph Campbell, Campbell, the hero's journey. And so um, I like to draw it. So I've seen it different ways. If you have a U shape upside down or a U shape um, right side up, wherever that peak is in your illustration is your apex. That is where you've experienced. A, an enormous amount of of suffering and as you're coming downward you come with gifts to share and that was a huge part of the hero's journey for me that, that allowed me to see what it is I'm meant to be doing next it's like once you've gone through these kind of experience they're not just one-offs like they come in different um, forms and they have diff different sizes whenever you do come down from the apex you are meant to bring gifts and that's in the form of sharing your experiences with other people your wisdom your gifts your everything and so people will feel that you know they'll feel the authenticity they'll feel the shifts and the changes and i like how you described it as inner glow there were people telling me i was glad i had no idea what they were referring to because i was still in the midst of the the storm and it was crazy because it, it was as though I would demonstrate growth in one storm 
and there was another that would come and then there was another until it came to a point where I was like, all right, I'm in this endless phases of storm, but I'm sharing each along the way. I'm sharing what I'm learning. I'm putting it out there for other people to say, yo, this is what I went through. What did you go through? And then it becomes this beautiful network so that now your attention is focused on your actual purpose. And that's where balance comes from. Whenever we feel imbalanced, there's an inner conflict occurring. And it's that inner conflict that feels like war. And no one likes how war feels because there's a death and a destruction and birthing process that occurs simultaneously. And not too many people um, have been able to... uh, to ease through it because there is no it's not as simple as as how it sounds it it will arouse enormous emotions occurring simultaneously and so you'll need a network to support when you do go through that kind of journey so I think that's where um, that phase of the hero's journey is super important because once you start to share you'll build your community and your network from there so Chuck, I have a question to ask, and um, I mean, I'm aware of these things, and my um, I actually get it in Washington now, which is fucking weird. But it's like, why do we have to go through so much trauma to begin that journey? Because, you know, like I I know my turning point was when I lost a lot, you know, um, and that I, I my eyes began to open up, you know, and I I slowly, reluctantly. But I see that most folks have to break. So it's like there has to be a death of one life for, to be reborn into a new life. But that's a very traumatic experience for people. And is it possible to, you know, this is not, this is probably like a different level question, right? But can we go through that change without having that death? And can a death be, can it not be traumatic because it breaks people? You know? <laughs> I think that I no question it. I think it's, it's up to the individual. I mean, think about it. When when we are all children and we are trying to walk for the first time, we will fall, we will stumble, we'll bruise ourselves, we'll cry, we'll pick ourselves up and we'll keep going. Very rarely do you see a kid throwing a temper tantrum because they're not able to walk whenever they expect to walk, you know? And so same with adulthood. I tell people all the time, we're all just mature children, <laughs> We're just seasoned children because it takes it takes us falling to our knees. And I, another author that I really respect and admire, who was running U.S. presidency, um, Miriam Williamson. She has a book called A Return to Love, and I read that book in 2011, and it um, it helped me return um, to this to this inner journey that I spoke of earlier. <clears throat> and um, the point that she one of the things that she talked about in the very beginning, the introduction of her book is like really hitting um, rock bottom and realizing that each time she got up from her knees, that she would be knocked back down to her knees until eventually she learned to just stay put. And when I read those words, I, I felt as though she was describing my life at that time because I was really going through explosive and what I felt were monumental shifts in life until it became a I just stayed on my, I stayed as close to the messages and the inner knowings and the studyings around me and in me. I I mean, I spent so many days meditating and just really remembering who I am and my essence and my purpose. And um, and I I believe that we don't have to go through um, the the enormous 
um, destructive phases. However, we may need to go through that to learn that we don't need to go through that. If that makes sense, you know, like we we may need to we may need to touch the fire a couple of times to know that the stove is 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 hot. Yeah, and and over time, what we, then we demonstrate with our responses, our behavior, our attitudes, and our thoughts that we know better, and so therefore we will do better. I I personally, and at least this is my story, if if I've gone through an experience, I don't need to have the same experience again to know the range of outcomes that could happen. My aim is to demonstrate growth. My aim is to demonstrate a shift in perspective each and every time. So that it doesn't feel so traumatic. It doesn't feel so painful. As long as I'm demonstrating, hey, I've I've experienced aspects of this before. This is one dimension, two dimension, three dimensions. If I can bring minimum three perspectives to a scenario and demonstrate this is how I'm looking at it, then I I believe that the universe has mercy (laughs) in in a way so that it doesn't so that suffering doesn't feel so so painful. Um, it, it varies for each of us. I mean, I've heard people share stories that I'm just like, woo, thank you for not coming my way because I can't handle that. Or I've had people heard my story and they're like, oh, that's, you know, a piece of cake. You know, so it varies for each of us. And, and we're not to judge which experience is more um, fiery than another. I think we all have, we are all given what we can experience or what we can handle, or we all experience what we can handle. So Chuck, diet-wise, right? Because I, um, I agree with him on diet, and he's he likes the idea of plant-based. <laughs> you know, um, how much diet? How much does diet really play into us being balanced within ourselves? I mean, that's a dumb question because obviously it plays a lot into it. But like, you know, can I be <laughs> can I be eating my burgers and barbecue and like meat protein and, and still have a level of you know, like just walk us through a diet, like, you know, and what have you noticed? Because I'm sure you can. I, um, <laughs> I recognize the sensitive, the varying degrees of sensitivity around food and food intake processes. So there are two ways I'm going, I could answer the question, but I'm going to opt for the easiest <laughs> at this time. And um, I am going to suggest taking a look at two documentaries. One is called What in the Health by Kip. I can't remember, yeah. I can't remember his last name, but What in the Health. I remember meeting him in Bali. He came to one of my yoga classes. I taught at the Bali Vegan Festival two years ago. And he came to one of my classes and I had the students go up and headstand and I went over to help him. And he got up in his headstand beautifully. And then at the end of the class, he came over to thank me and we started chatting. Kip and then after that session, Yes, that's it. Kip Anderson, that's his name. I knew it was Kip. And then as soon as my class ended, we went over to the next session and he was the facilitator. And I was like, yeah, that's the dude who I just helped in headstand. And he was sharing his documentary, What in the Health, with the group. And I cried. (laughs) And I and I I I was my eyes really opened. Um, to to the reality of what's happening in in, in industry that I don't pay much attention to. Um, that's one documentary. What in the health? And then the second is cow. I think it's cowspiracy 
or something conspiracy. Yeah. Okay. And um, I, I personally um, don't like telling people what to do or eat this or don't eat that or do 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 do. do. I like to invite people to explore through the process of elimination and gradual adding how shift feels in their body. So personally, uh, when, because I no longer live in America full time, I'm in countries where um, natural food is celebrated. And so having food from the farm to your table plate is important. And Nigeria was a, a first introduction to me in that regard, as well as New Zealand and Bali, where locals really pride eating um, food from its natural phase. And so <clears throat> I remember um, I remember <laughs> when people talk about um, imbalances in the body, when you intake steak or um, other meat-like products that have been um, that have been produced for the purposes of mass consumption, vaccines come into play, and other chemicals come into play. And those chemicals are ingested by the animals, and then as humans, you then ingest the animal plus the chemicals. The chemicals may not um, uh, may conflict with the body's natural uh, operations. And so by eliminating certain food items, seeing how the body feels, and then gradually incorporating whole foods in the body, then one can decipher for themselves whether or not a plant-based food intake is beneficial. I personally know that when I only eat whole foods or foods that um, need sun to grow, I feel lighter. My vibration is higher. My, my heart space is, is just beaming with acceptance and, and giving. That level of reciprocity continues to fuel me. Um, I have had instances where I'm traveling places like Morocco, um, where, I, where I ask for whole food items that it may not be readily available and I'll eat something that I, you know, just would not opt for. And I notice that my energy shifts in those instances. So I've, I've been practicing this for a while that I, I have a very intimate relationship with my body to when it's ill, to know when it needs replenishment. There are some people on this planet who don't have that who do not have an intimate relationship with their body. And so they may not be able to make such decisions. And so my invitation is to always give people information that they can decide for themselves whether it resonates or not. And whenever something resonates, we'll notice that the heart, the chest, the whole body will expand and open up to receive more. But when the body is not in agreement, it will contract and close off. And so when people hold their bellies, when they've heard some disturbing news, when they clench their jaw, they lift their shoulders next to their ears. That's the body's way of informing, of communicating. And so I then incorporate that into my signature programs as well as how do you respond to certain information? How do you respond to what's around you? Like we, we are very intelligent beings. If we exercise our intelligence, um, we'll see for ourselves how, how grand we truly are. <laughs> So proteins like meat, chicken, fish, like is that, do you eat any of those or you're, that, you're more of a, no. a vegan diet? No, 
No, I no, I don't. So how do you get your protein snack? Beans. Beans are have far more protein than all of the items you've made, plus some. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of beans. I'm a huge fan of greens. Anything that is green. Um, ash, ash, ashwagandha is a favorite of mine. Herbs. Um, uh, chlorella is, is huge. Wheatgrass shots. Um, my new thing now is Irish sea moss. I'm sorry, we can take off the Irish part and just you know look up sea moss. Our body has 102 minerals and 92 of those Hey guys, so this is where the podcast up recording. Like, it really, it was really, it was getting sweet. It was getting much, much deeper. Um, obviously, she spoke about diet, and she mentioned two different um documentaries you guys can watch. I've been aware of them. Um, I always take things with a grain of salt. I'm. What is fundamentally factual is we need to be careful with what we put into our bodies because it either helps us or it hurts us, and. You know, with the, with the kind of lifestyle we're living right now compared to what the first men were doing, our lifestyle has changed. And, you know, we're eating not as healthy as we should and we're putting chemicals in our body that our body wasn't designed to pr- to process. So definitely you can do more research on that. Um, we spoke more about relationships, you know, love, you know, how we connect people, you know, what what's in, like just we went deep in on in other things, but you know, you can, like I said, you can follow follow her on Instagram. Um, she has amazing stories that she puts up sometimes. And I think she also does some classes as well too. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, hopefully this episode has helped you, has given you a level of balance or has shown you that there's another way to take this life that we currently have. You know, um, I've used, I always use a word like being in the matrix. Like a lot of us, might be in the matrix but we have to be aware of that we have to be able to, we have to be aware of that and we have to know when to step out and i don't think we can live forever out of the matrix as well so it has to be a balance but when you go back into the matrix you have that level of awareness you know you have that level of purpose you have the level of i think causality you do this is what comes out of that so that's the essence of this podcast it's finding balance this covid19 virus will be a beginning of a journey for some people and also the death of a last of a previous journey as well you know we have to embrace it and one of the things that chuck has said to me that i i really value now is like creativity and destruction are the same thing you know you got to destroy something to create something and we should be aware of that and we should decide on how we want to approach these changes in our life you know obviously when you're more balanced you can see things differently and you you can you have a better perspective of things you have a, le- a level of calm with you within you and you're not allowing the fear the, the fear the heightened emotions to creep up you know and i think that's what we need in this time especially and obviously when this time passes we need this through other journeys other crises other you know situations we might get ourselves into that's it guys have a wonderful day until next time take care guys bye Hey guys, first of all, thank you very, very much for spending this time with us. We're very honored. Just a little disclaimer, right? So nothing we say here is a general truth. It is our own truth that we're owning. It's my truth, it's Bimbo's truth. And we're learning as we go along. We're students of life. We encourage you 
to continue to work on your ideas and your beliefs to be a better version of yourself. Don't forget to like, share the link with your friends, or subscribe to our mailing list, subscribe to the podcast, and we look forward to spending some more time with you next week. <laughs>